Welcome back to the Back of the Net podcast. It's Ben of the Weymouth Street Massive here, and welcome to episode six of Back of the Net. And we have Matthew Nash joining us this month for our podcast. So if you haven't already, go follow us on Spotify, Apple, subscribe on YouTube, and follow us on TikTok and Instagram. Enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome back. It's Ben here, the Weymouth Street Massive, and welcome to Back of the Net for another episode, for another podcast. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a, a, a little while since we've done our last one. It took a little bit of a break, but we are back. Um, and here to have some more conversations. And I've got with me, you know him as Bovril Boy. I know him as Matthew. Um, but we've got Matthew Nash um, with us this time. And we're going to be talking about a, a little host of things um, on this podcast. We're going to do a little bit about you and... Uh, your, your days playing youth football, yeah. uh, and then and then chat a bit about um, obviously we might mention your your father and how how he, <laughs> how he played your role. To the town, yeah, yeah um, and then we'll do a little bit of talk about our predictions for the season. Considering the season's just about started for most clubs by now, uh, and before we go into a little bit of a general chat uh, about football and what what what's the issues and the, and then the, and the big questions around that. But without further ado, I. Better introduce Matthew. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have you on board. Um, we all know you from uh, a few episodes back, back last season. I think first first time we introduced you to the the boys as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How the nickname uh, came about with the uh, we were watching Devise on the Dar- Derby yeah. Day, um, and you, you went for a. For a long trip for a Bovril. I think I queued 45 minutes for a Bovril. The queue was massive. And then we scored not long after half time. And then he scolded a, a poor young lad in front of me with a cup of Bovril celebrating. And that, that fable picture is still somewhere on the thumbnail. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a lot more to, to you than just uh, Bovril. Um, as we, we anybody who'd be, be around the, the warmest of town would, would know. Um, and... and I know because uh, of my friend Liam, Liam who's been on many a podcast, uh, many a episode of uh, the Weymouth Street Massive, but you, you've been around Warminster in the youth teams for a little while. Yeah, so I started playing for um, Highbury, which is Warminster's youth setup, um, back in, we'll come back about 14 years now. Mm. So when we started, there was never an under five team, so it was an under six team. The way it started like that, I wanted to play football, but I didn't want to play unless my dad was the manager. <laughs> so I begged him and begged him he went and got his coaching badges went off and did his courses and yeah and then we started playing from there um, and that's where I met Liam as well he came in at under 10s so I've been friends with Liam for a long time and yeah I played up until under 15s I got to a point where I didn't want to carry on playing football anymore so I'm not the, the best footballer in the world <laughs> I'm not the most technically gifted but you know what football's about, you enjoy it, it's a good bit of fun, good for fitness as well, so yeah. it got to a stage where I didn't want to carry on anymore, I wanted to focus on other things, so I stopped playing, um, became a bit more of a supporter after that, but no, I played for, for Highbury for about 10 years, yeah. so yeah, that was, a, that was a good time, a lot of memories, a lot of laughs. Yeah, and, and was there, I mean, well, I'm sure we've been asked this question before, was there, there a highlight of the, the Highbury days? Um, well, I remember when we weren't the best side in the world. <laughs> we were pretty, we were like pretty much every week getting battered like eight nil, six two, some pretty like you know classic like under eight scorelines, whatever. Um, but I think one of my 
best memories playing for Highbury. I reckon it was when I scored my first goal. Right, um, it was last game of the season against Melksham away. <laughs> yeah, um, we had a cracking game. We were winning like eleven six or something ridiculous, <laughs> a mental scoreline. And then I was playing right back that game, and then it was at the last like thirty six of the game. I thought, you know what? We're not going to lose anything there. I'm going to get a bit of a charge up the pitch. Got the ball, educating the yard box, slotted it top right corner, and we won twelve six in the last kick of the game. Oh. So that, that was my first goal for the club. So I, I mean, after that. that you can't get any higher. Just no, I mean first. after that I was a pretty box standard bench No, it was it was a good laugh. I agree. And then when we started playing eleven aside, sort of under fourteen, under fifteen level, we got a few good players in, some like ex academy players, like called you, Lewis Youngman. Mm. Came, he moved down with the army. He's in the army now, actually. But um, he moved down. He used to play for Doncaster Academy. I think it was Doncaster Academy. Um, yeah, but he, he was a pretty good baller. Um, and with the likes of him, another lad called um, Will. Yeah, we had some good players on our side that could consistently score goals, and we got better. We finished our last season at Highbury, I think second in the league, which is the highest mm-hmm. like eleven side league finish. So that was that was pretty decent. And then after that, it was a move from under 15 to under 16 to come up and play for Wormsley Town. Yeah. And I, I got to the stage where I thought, it's a lot more physical, it's a lot more <laughs> competitive, and I haven't got the absolute quality to play at that sort of level when some of the teams were like mixed adult development um, teams. So I wasn't really ready to break into that stage. But it was a right time for me to leave football, playing at that sort of standard. But yeah. I'd say looking back, it was fun. Oh, it's, it, it, it sounds it. Someone who didn't play football growing up um, as a young person, I, I think there's a, there's a certain element of camaraderie and, and friendship that you yeah, make. Yeah, definitely. It? I mean, that's a good thing about youth football. It's like, I mean, we were playing all together before we went to secondary school. So when we moved to secondary school, we already had a big group of people because mm. everyone around the town used to go to the prim- different primary schools in Warmster. When we moved to Kingdown, there was already 50 people that we already knew yeah. because we'd already been playing football together for five years. So moving into that, you've already got a good group of people. Break times, what can you do? Go on the Astro, have a kick about. Yeah, yeah. You already got fifty people that you know your mates with. Yeah. So, and then that carried through, and then I'll speak to a lot of people that I used to play, fo- play football with now. So, it is good. I mean, I have a few of my best friendships are from from yeah, library. Yeah. Like said, Liam, and then another lad, Ben Kilmister. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of my best mates. So it's things like that really. It's it sticks with you. Football is such a big part of people's lives. It's. You know, it's something you carry through with you. And I guess that that, that friendship, that camaraderie, helps you in those moments when you are losing 8 0, 6 2. Exactly, that's when you've got to remember. I'm with my mates, it's a bit of a laugh, it's only a game. Yeah. What's there to lose? You're not losing anything, you're not losing any pride because there's nothing on, on the line, it's not your job. You're just there for a Saturday, Sunday kickabout, really. Yeah. Everybody wants to win. You know, it's where everyone yeah. likes to win. But, you know, it teaches you a lot about yourself in terms of being respectful and defeat. You know, have a respect for opposition, things like that. Yeah, it's it's good. I think youth football doesn't get enough praise that it should do. Yeah. Um, especially with like Highbury, we had a very good coaching setup. A lot of adult volunteers. That's a lot of another thing people don't look into a lot. Mm. Nobody gets paid to run youth football. So the people that turn up and do it on the Monday, Tuesday night training sessions, the Saturdays and Sundays where people turn up an hour, two hours before kickoff, setting up the cones, setting up the respect tape. You know, that's all stuff that goes unseen. So when parents drop their children off to play football and they're already there, they think, oh, it's set up. It's, it's a lot more to it and a lot more 
planning and the committees and everything, all the fallouts in the committees <laughs> as well. But um, there's a lot to youth football. Without those people giving up their time, then a lot of yeah. children wouldn't have necessarily the um, the chance and to go to go and play football. Yeah, I mean, as, as someone who, who coaches under eighteen football at the moment. Um, you know, even 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 still at that level, there's the, the element where actually you, you have to accept that you are going to be winning every game. It's not it's no. not going to be you know your 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 two one Premier League uh, game. Is it? It's it's, it's 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 about as jo- enjoyment as much as about getting a result or anything like that. Exactly. So, yeah. Um, and I I I'd speak to anybody about it saying that it's just it's all brilliant as making. I think it's actually better. At making threat people friends and, and helping people to, to come out of their shell and, and develop people as a person as probably more so than developing someone as a player. Yeah, yeah. there's something my, my dad always used to say to us as well you win as a team and you lose as a team. Yeah. And the whole sense about that is being a team. Mm-hmm. It's about what you do, you do it together. Yeah. And that's something that you can carry through into adult life. Yeah. So it's, you know. Youth football teaches a lot of so young children a lot of values, and stuff. so it's it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah, and you, you mentioned a bit about your your dad there, and I think there's no better segue into the Warminster town and the the relationship that you've got um, yeah. there. Um, and would you like to just just explain for a second what what does your dad do for the Warminster town? So uh, my dad is the assistant manager of the first team. Um, where he came about into that, so he was our um, age group manager mm. through Highbury, coming up through from under five to under fifteens, and then when we broke through from Wompson Town, from Highbury into Wompson Town, sorry, he then became the overall manager of the under sixteens. Moving on, I don't think when we played there wasn't an under eighteens team. Yeah. So they moved through with that, and then he became involved with the reserves. Helped the reserves out um, for a season, and then Krabby approached him, asked him for a bit of help, um, and now for the last three seasons, I think he's been the um, assistant first team manager. Right hand man. <laughs> yeah, Krabby's right hand man. I mean, Krabby and my dad have been friends for years, yeah. going back through like, football, the cricket club as well. We play cricket together, so I've known Krabby for a long time as well. But um, yeah, so. I don't know how long he's going to keep at it for, but he's, <laughs> he enjoys it. So. Hopefully for many years to come. It's yeah. always a pleasure to, to see Rob uh, around the ground, and uh, he's always up for, for a good laugh, <laughs> which yeah. helps us, particularly on some of the match days. Um, but you're also a Warminster Town fan. We've seen you yep. up here uh, many a time last season as well. Um, and what's it like for you as a, as a supporter coming up and watching the boys play? It, it's good. I mean, I sometimes... See, come on to this in a bit but I'm, I'm a, you know, I've been a Southampton fan um, and sometimes I prefer coming up to watch non-league football mm-hmm. you know you get a lot more enjoyment out of it you come up with your mates who all support different yeah, you know, professional yeah. teams but everyone's got the town you come together you come and watch your town play have a laugh have a few beers have some jerk hub yeah, yeah. Um, you know it's good and it's just a bit of a central point and you've got a lot more communication with the players. Yeah. It's a lot more personal. You say my dad's part of the management staff and I know a lot of people that help to run the club. Um, it's good, it's a lot more personal and you feel a lot more attached to the players and such if you were yeah. to support like Southampton, for example. 
Yeah, yeah, and I think that, that's so so true. Um, I mean, you just feel welcome, don't you? you yeah, know, yeah, definitely. There's not there's not a, a five meter barrier between you sitting in the stand and and the players on the pitch anymore. You you are no, there yeah. almost on the pitch at times, literally on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. um, and and you know whether we're winning or losing, it's, it's the, the support and the atmosphere and, and just knowing that you know not only are they the players, but it's, in some cases they're just mates as well yeah I mean considering the size of the club as well we, we normally get fairly good attendance yeah no sort of average 130 150 on a Saturday bigger games near 200 you know yeah. for for non-league level at the size ground this is it's a really good good size crowd always get a good atmosphere as well so it's good to see and as of late as well a lot of away teams bringing more travelling support yeah true that's very true that's, uh, that's something that's good and you know, comments from people coming to the town, they always like coming here, they like the reception yeah. and the hospitality, people stick around for a pint after the game, that's what it's all about, <laughs> it's good. Uh, and, you know, this last season obviously was one of the best seasons in, in recent memory. Yes, um, yeah. And, and how was that, seeing the progression, I mean, and, and, and seeing where we got to go and, and the disappointment that was there, how was that feeling as a, as a fan and I mean, it was good to see, obviously, they're pipering and coming up here as well, watching. I remember the time were never the best team in the world, <laughs> but it was just somewhere to come up and watch football. But then, all of a sudden, people start taking it a bit more seriously, in terms of the football itself, mm. taking the football more seriously. Um, and then once you get the fundamental basics right, then you can see improvements. Yeah, but then it all starts back to, as well, change of chairman, if they've coming in. You know, and what helps the team on the pitch as well is the infrastructure off the pitch. Yeah. So if you get things right off the pitch, things are going to go right on the pitch. And I think with a drastic change moving forward, with a bit of progression within the club itself, you know, translates to performances on the field that we saw last season. Yeah. So that definitely helps the team and and the club itself. And the club just feels a lot more of a welcoming, happy sort of place now. It invites people to come. You know, yeah, definitely. Do their own thing, pitch their own idea. I mean, you know, not only has myself and the boys come along and we've done our, our vlogs and our, and our videos, but, you know, you just mentioned earlier the, the food outlet of Jerk Club being able to come and, and service the club in yeah, that exactly. way. Yeah, exactly. Now, so he rents a space within the club to yeah. do his um, kitchen thing, which is good. He can use his our space for his space and generates a bit of income for him and for us. and but it's good to see, you know, it's another reason for people to come up here. Exactly. They've got good food that'll entice people along. You know, even simple things like now we have disposable cups, you can go out and take your pint to pitch side. Yeah. You yeah. don't need to have a glass to have a pint anymore, you know. It gets more money behind the bar and people want to come up to have a drink and sit outside and watch the football. So it's all good things that sort of have a roll-on effect and the more people that are here to watch, the more encouraged the players are going to be feeling on the pitch. Yeah. And the better performances they might produce. So, yeah. Uh, and you, you've come along to a few games this season, and uh, obviously it's not quite been the start we, we wanted uh, no. as, as, as fans. But then again, it's it's been a, a reality check for for a lot of people. You know, we obviously had the high of last season, um, and and um, the way where we got to. But actually, you know, we, we've as a as non-league clubs all around the country find out. You know, you have one good season, and it, it's next season it can be a whole different story. Um, but it's Still a joy to watch, isn't it? Yeah, but that, that's football at the end of the day. Yeah. You know, you're never going to be consistently good, consistently good, you know. 
where like what the sixth seventh layer of the pyramid I bet yeah almost Eight or ten, it's got yes, yeah. it, it changes all the time, doesn't it? <laughs> but you know, we're not at a level where we're going to have massive financial input that's going to keep you know us up in the top level. But um, it's going to happen to every team, you know. We finished second last season and then lost the playoff final, but you know, you can you can always bounce back. And I know, like we, that. we were just talking yeah. about the other week when we, we um, I talked chat with the Wincanton one of the Wincanton uh, star members uh, before the game and he was saying about how they sprang from uh, near bottom of the table last season to finish uh, fourth. So, yeah, yeah it, all these things, it's, it's you know, it's all about form, isn't it, really? You, you, you go on a run and, and things change, fortunes change and everything like that. So, uh, I think we're, we're lucky that we got last season and it's such an epic uh, run of form and, and how that translated on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, again, as you said, it's all to do with form, really. So last season we were just on a massive high the whole time, rolling through and rolling through. Um, but I think it's just a case of finding our feet this season before we start trying to look too big. Yeah, exactly. it's like, I mean it's still early doors. You know, you play what the forty odd games in this <laughs> in this league, don't you? We've played what five or six. Yeah. So it's still early doors in the season. Anything can happen. That's the nature of football. But I don't think we need to be thinking too negatively yet. No, not at all. Are we going to replicate last season, this season? We'll just have to wait and see. But give it another season. Let the team gel again. Find the feet. We've had the, the loss of a few players. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, the team's still trying to gel early doors. So maybe come end of September, October, get some wins on the, on the, on the score sheets. Yeah. Hopefully we've seen some improvement. And I mean, it's the impossible question, but we, we like to ask the impossible at the end of the day um, but is there a well if come the end of the season at a best guess where do Walnuts finish on the back of last season obviously we got not really much of a change in teams from what we played last year I reckon realistically I'd like to say top 5 yeah but you never know I mean I know Jeff is was saying in there previous podcast that um, you want to go for the win yeah <laughs> every team wants to go for the win but realistically I think if we aim for top five off the back of last year yeah that sets us in a good position for then to start next season yeah exactly and, and uh, I mean there's been certain changes this season and they could change again still um, exactly uh, but I think I think for me personally you know it's about keeping that momentum that we had Last, last season even if that doesn't mean going up this season but to, to keep ourselves as a team that other teams not only come along to expecting a fixture in a, a difficult game but uh, yeah, yeah. come along expecting to some, some good football so for me I'd, I'd probably say you know 10-4 upwards that, that sort of positive uh, higher table uh, sort of progress and yeah, I don't think any like, like you said previously I don't think any position is out of the the stretch yet but it's all about let's see where we are in a month's time and exactly yeah make better better predictions then but uh, there's there's a lot of preliminary thoughts um after a few games yeah, as you say it's still early doors in the season so I think we'll probably have a better idea of where we're going to be at by Christmas yeah exactly but we'll just have to see and another club that you've uh, you, you're a bit of a supporter of and I mean 
the shirt's a little bit of a giveaway for those who can't yeah. can't see or haven't seen. Um, got a lovely retro Southampton shirt on there. Indeed, nineteen eighty-eight, I think. Okay, I mean it's a humble design, so you got me right there. Just yeah, useful. <laughs> lovely shirt, reminiscent of the um, was it the the Danish nineteen ninety-eight shirt? Yeah, half and half, one side red, the other side Beautiful. Um, but you are a Southampton supporter, funnily enough. I am. Um, and, I mean, Southampton's a very interesting club, I like, I like to think. Unfortunately. We're going to be talking a little bit about Southampton and what it's like to, to support uh, Southampton. Then. But where does where does supporting Southampton come from? Is it a, is it a family thing? Um, my dad. Your dad? Funny <laughs> enough. Um, I mean, when I was born, I didn't get much say. <laughs> yeah, it would be a joke. It was something... He was before I could talk. Um, yeah, he was on the phone to the Southampton membership people. I had a membership number. Yeah. Straight away, I had no other option. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, pictures of me in Southampton baby grows and that was yeah. sold. But but no, I wouldn't change it. It's a you know, it's a, a proper club. Yeah, it is. It's it's it's, it's one of those clubs I mean, that you, you admire, don't you? You might not you might not yeah. necessarily like them or you might not support them but you, you admire just because of sometimes the tenacity to, to play them yeah you. I mean you see uh, in terms of local nurse Southampton's probably the biggest team in sort of location to mm. us I mean you have Bristol City as well Swindon Southampton it all started from Southampton was the first professional team I'd, I'd ever went to see yeah when he was um, when he was a lad so he fell in love with them and then by default, I had to be a Southampton yeah. fan. So red and white courses through my veins, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm sure you've been to see, see a few games down at St Mary's. I is there? A, is there? A, I mean, I'll open this question up to any anyone who might not have been there. But is there a moment as a Southampton fan so far that really sticks out in your memory? There's a few. So probably the the best game of football I've seen. Funnily enough, we did we lost, but it was the EFL Cup final at Wembley 2017. Mm. We lost 3-2 to Man United, but that is one of the best games of football I think I've ever seen. I mean, if EFL Cup final, it's it's a statement in itself. Yeah, it was. You know, we'd had a, a massive season. I think we had Claude Puel as our manager then. Yeah. Um, not the greatest in terms of league performances, but in terms of competitions, we um, we did well that season. Came runners up in the EFL Cup. Quite fortunate to go and see that live. Um, yeah, that was that was a brilliant game. Gutted that we lost, but I think that was one of the best performances I've seen Saints play. Yeah. I mean, been to a few big scoring games. Six one Villa, where Marlowe <laughs> scored the fastest hat trick. Just mentioning that for Liam. Oh yeah, rub salt to the Six one Villa. That was a very good game. That was, I think that might be the last game of the season. Mm. About five years ago now. Yeah, um, Marlowe scored the fastest hat trick. And then, obviously, prom- promotions to Premier League. Oh, it's pretty big, isn't it? Yeah, four nil against Coventry. Yeah, storming the pitch afterwards. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. That's like what ten years ago now, uh, something like that. Nine, ten years ago. But yeah, that was a game that was stuck out in memory. And then other games as well. Johnson's Paint Trophy Cup Final, two thousand and ten. <laughs> oh. That's a throwback right there because it doesn't even exist it anymore. It doesn't exist anymore, no. The JPT, yeah, and a few of the big scoring games. Been to a 4 0 Newcastle game, yeah, and then a 
couple against Man United as well. But um, yeah, I've, I've seen, I think me and my dad sorted it up a while ago. I reckon I've been to nearly over 120 Saints games. <sighs> That's impressive. Quite that a lot. I mean, I started watching them when we were in League One yeah. when I was about six years old. And I've been to at least one game every season since then. Being well, this season I haven't been to any yet. Season just started. Last year I managed to get to three games. But mm. well, with the price of the Premier League now, it's it's harder and harder. It, it's isn't harder it? and harder to get tickets for one, and choosing games that are you know financially viable for you to go and see, but also interesting as well. Exactly, you don't want necessarily go to all the, the Category C games. You might want to go to a Category A game. You might have a an off chance good game against you Man United or you Liverpool or something but then you've also got the back in your mind have I just paid 50 quid to go see us get absolutely <laughs> <pumped>. <laughs> I mean you're always a thorn in Arsenal side I mean for, for as long as I've been supporting Arsenal I remember yeah. some of the results do Santadic still gives me nightmares <laughs> <laughs> um, but is there a moment as a Southampton fan that stands out as the lowest I mean when we go I remember very vaguely when we got relegated from the Premier League um, and then we faced liquidation mm. in the early 2000s I can vaguely remember that but as a sort of low point I think going to the 9-0 Leicester game was a pretty <laughs> savage moment <laughs> yeah that's yeah record Premier League defeat or record Premier League win for Leicester anyway I think yeah that's yeah, that's not going off the record books anytime soon, unfortunately. No. Um, I think they, t- they took that off Southampton from when we beat Sunderland 8 1. Yeah. <laughs> a few oh. seasons previous. But no, yeah, that was a pretty tough one to swallow. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But I mean, other than that, you know, every club's is up and downs. A lot of relegation scares. Yeah. You know, you have the when Manolo Gabbiadini. He um, scored against Swansea, saving us from relegation. That's a throwback as well. Yeah, Gabbiadini, wow. Yeah, I mean, that's back in the proper, back in Barclays Premier League prime. Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, times like that, but that's what makes you love football all over again. Exactly, because those moments bring out the highs, don't they? In... Yeah, you, you sat there like, oh, I can't be bothered with this, I can't wait for the Christmas to start. <laughs> I watch the T20 and then he gets saved from relegation like oh this is getting interesting again <laughs> <laughs> oh wow and then for for you how do you feel about obviously Harsin Pickles being, being there uh, nearly is it nearly two years now how longer than that I've been about five seasons he's been there now. five seasons goodness yeah oh, yeah I mean if time flies by but he, he's been he's been an interesting character there at this St Mary's you know that, that is, 9-0 yeah. lost is sort of like there on the record, but then following twice. that twice, twice. But following that, there's been some highs as well. Yeah, I mean, we haven't necessarily had a. I mean, our highest Premier League finish was under Ronald Koeman. Yeah, we came sixth or seventh, I think, qualified for the Europa League. But um, now we've never necessarily had a, a great finish to a season. I mean, the problem with Southampton, we either start really well or we either finish really well. Whatever happens in the middle is rubbish. <laughs> so, we're, the way I see it, we'll be a mid-table team at best. We're never going to come top five. And I'm happy with that. You know, we're, we're not the biggest club in the world. Every team wants to win the Premier League. You know, Leicester did the impossible. Yeah. But I don't think we've got the 
necessarily the infrastructure or the squad depth to do that. But the problem with Hasenhutl, he's a he's a good manager. Technically, he's a good manager, but he hasn't got the say the money behind him to get good players, and he takes a lot of risks that don't necessarily pay off. I mean, why is going? He puts a lot of faith in younger players, especially in academy players as well. Um, I mean, against Leicester, we had the average youngest team in the Premier League field since 2017, average age of 23. So, you know, he puts a lot of faith in young lads, which is sometimes good, yeah. but then sometimes, you know, we get to that stage where we lack experience, especially at the back. Yeah. So, he's good in some ways, in some ways he isn't, but... Then again, that's football. If you haven't got the infrastructure of the money behind you, then you can't necessarily always blame the manager. Uh, and is an early shout, where would you place Southampton this season? Um, well, I mean, we played three games now with a loss, a draw and a win. You know, a sort of bang up. It's, <laughs> it's, it's hard to really tell, but I'd like to say 15th or above. Yeah, safe. Like that's safe. Safe. I'm happy with safe. You know, we've got a lot of new young lads in there. Some talent to watch as well for this season. So, um, I'd like to say at lowest 15th. Yeah. But anywhere above that, finish above 13th, 12th, I'll be pretty happy with that. So Some good results in between. Yeah, like yeah. That. I mean, I feel a, hopefully a, a big team crashing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I feel we'll, we'll get at least one this season. Or you know, I'd say United and Liverpool are pretty prime now. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> or against City. So yeah. we, we could let a few in against them. But we just have to wait and see. But then we could cause some damage to other teams as well. So you never know. Yeah, without a doubt. And same, same goes for, for, for me as, a, as an Arsenal fan. There is certainly optimism in the camp at the moment. Well, I mean, great start to the season for Arsenal, though. But it's, it's like that sometimes, isn't it? The last season we started off with the worst we've ever done. Rock bottom, nine goals for season or something ridiculous like that. No, no in reply. And, um, then, and then... Top of the season, all games won. Yeah. Top of the league, all games Only won. Only two yeah. goals conceded. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. It's a long season. We're only three games in, but, I mean, I'm pretty happy with the start we made anyway. I mean, it's <laughs> funny seeing all the Arsenal fan memes three games into the season, won all of them. Invincible is happening again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm possibly, three, three games in. <laughs> possibly a little too far. I mean, I don't think that'll be caught anytime soon. Um, but you know, I, you know, Star Wars is on the title shout. I'll take that. I mean, I don't think we will win it, but I think hopefully we can show a little bit. You'll be up there. Up there, yeah. That's, there. That sounds good to me after a few years. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. <laughs> um, and. and we're going to go on and do our, do our season prediction now. I mean, there's lots of lots to to predict um, at, the, at the moment. Um, so we'll start off. Should we start off with the Premier League? I think that's the, yeah. the safest place to start. And I mean, everybody tries and predicts the top floor. I've always seen the meme online which says, you know, you can't predict the Premier League, and then I'm full of the bomb. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but if we just go for the top floor for a second, who's up there this season? This season, Man City, yeah. Arsenal, Tottenham and Chelsea. In order? A variation. A variation. With Man City on top. Man City on top. I can see, I, I can see that. Um, Liverpool, shaky start. I don't know, they could sneak in top four, but at the moment, mm. 
not the way they are. But um, I, I can see a, a variation of that for our top four this year. It's going to be interesting, isn't it? I mean, a couple of shots in it. I mean, I don't want to say it, but Tottenham look interesting. Yeah, Tottenham have had a very positive um, start to this season. And I mean, they've reinforced some key positions. Chelsea are buying world-class players left and right. Whether they'll gel or not is another question, isn't it? Um, exactly, we're only three games into the season, so... And they've had some interesting results themselves. So, I mean, it's all to play for for them. And, and I mean, United have had a poor start, but then a great result against Liverpool. I mean, yeah. if you'd asked anybody on the week, uh, before the weekend, we would probably have all said that's a Liverpool win there. Um, but Liverpool are looking a, a little bit fragile. So, I mean, for me, I'd probably, you're right, City at the top. I mean, they might have faltered against Newcastle, but I still think they're the team to beat. Um, Especially with the talent in that squad as well. Pep knows what he's doing. Exactly. And uh, it pains me to say it, but maybe not in necessary law like like you, there's some variation of, but I do think Tottenham will make the top four. And that does pain me to say. I think the squad that they've got this season, the direction they're going. And if they want to keep some of their star players, it's got got to happen. They've got to get the results in. They've got to qualify for Champions League right out. You know what I mean? And and I'd probably go with... uh, Arsenal, I think we looked a little better. I think we've got finally got a striker that will score, Definitely. Um, which I mean, has been a long time coming. And Jesus is gonna, he's going to cause some serious it's problems just, oh, for teams this season. It's just beautiful to watch. I mean, it's funny, sometimes a team change for a player makes all the difference in their confidence. And I think you can see that already. And, and watching some of the defenders, William Saliba in particular, what a goal against uh, that's, that's got that a classy that'll finish. go down as Arsenal goal of the season of classy that's finish that just be useful uh, and then I'll probably go for rounding out the top top four we go Liverpool I think they'll pick it up Liverpool it'll be between yeah, Liverpool and Chelsea maybe um, a variation of those five yes Chelsea. yeah um, I think that's a safe bet and then on the opposite end of the scale relegation who's in that dogfight and Oof. who's going I mean I don't think Southampton will be in there relegation battle this season I think there's enough quality I, I, I think we've got enough you know drive to get out there I mean Everton looking shaky yeah that's true in the back of last season I don't know they might pick it up again this Sporting Tarkowski yeah they have brought in a few players I mean Bournemouth. is it enough though? Bournemouth <laughs> Bournemouth you know the resident yo-yo club um, Fulham as well for, for, how can Bournemouth and Fulham and then I don't know I mean, West Ham haven't had the greatest start to the season either but I can't see them going down they've got some quality in there they've got some coming in for like yeah. 50 mil so I mean I don't know I mean see, we're three games in so you know, we've had a bit of a shift already in three games yeah some teams showing some quality but probably I'd say two teams are going to be going down Bournemouth and Fulham yeah I, I think for me the, the bottom three and I'm going to Throw in some left field shouts. Okay. Um, just on form at the moment. I mean, I can see Bournemouth going down. I think it's just not enough quality at the moment. I no. think they're building something for the future. There are some young players in there, but I think it's just not quite their time yet to stay up. I think it will be back down. Fulham have had some positive results, but like you said, I just again, there's there's something. I mean, if Mitrovic turns it on this season, and we say that every time they come to the Premier League then they'll stay up. But he scored three and three, but it's to say, we watched Pookie a couple of seasons and he scored like 
four in the first three games or something yeah, like that, exactly. and then he disappeared for most of the season. So if Mitrovic turns it on, they could be safe. If not, they're down, I think, for me, unfortunately. I can't see any other way about it. And then my final shout, probably the most left field of all of them is Wolves. Wolves? I think, yeah. on the current transfer business, like Nunes is a great signing, but no, not Premier League proven. Uh, they, you know, they're relying heavily on Raul Jimenez and Juan Yi Chan to provide the goals up front. And I just I haven't seen the best of Nunes since the injury, unfortunately. No, they could be slightly slightly lacking. Exactly, and, and I think it's going to be a really difficult season for them, and I, I, I could see them go down simply on the fact that they don't score enough. I mean, their yeah. defence is always solid, but they've lost Connor Cody. I could see it being their season. I think it'll come a lot clearer once we get to well, 10 games in. Yeah. Where the weak links lie. Exactly. Where the chemistry isn't falling. And uh, it'll be a bit... bit be a bit clearer then who will be the likely candidates to go down. But well, those are my shouts, my preliminary shouts for for relegation. Um, and then we've got coming up from the championship, possibly the hardest prediction in all of I English mean, football. I, I've said it as well. People say you know Premier League's the best league in the world. People always forget the championship is the hardest league to play in in this country. It's, it's just a dogfight, isn't it? It's... Because there's all to play for. And there's all to lose. And there is, there is. And what's the point in being a middle table team in the championship? Yeah. You're not going anywhere. You're not going up. You're not going down. Below you, you've got a lower level of football. Above you, you've got probably the best and most competitive league in the world. If you're sitting in the middle, what's yeah. what's the point? So you, you you need to be at the top of your game to go through in that championship. I mean, based at the start of the season, Sheffield United have had a very good start. Obviously, they're a bit of a yeah, they, they could be shaky, but Sheffield United looking good. And then also, who else we're thinking? Um, I mean, Bristol City have had chances the last couple of seasons. I would love to see Bristol City. I would love to see, as, as someone who spent a lot of time watching Bristol City last season, we were way too suspect at the back to put us anywhere. And I mean, yeah. we finished near the bottom of the table last season. It was a bit scary at times. But they've had a fairly positive start to the season, though. They're up in seventh. But having yeah. said that, they're in the relegation zone only two games ago, so it's very hard to say. Anything. I mean, Championship's only played five games. Again. So, still very, very early doors. But, um, I mean, they've had, they've had run-ins in the playoffs. Yeah, they have. So, you know, it's not impossible. No. But it'd, it'd, be, it'd be nice to see them in the Premier League. <laughs> but, but, no, I think Sheffield United's probably a, a shout for coming up. I, I, I'd probably say oh, it's difficult isn't it Norwich haven't done very well off the start they were the sort of no. team I'd have my money on before the start of the season to bounce back seeing as their yo-yo status is, is almost unrivaled yeah Watford as well Watford yeah they have lost Joao Pedro I, I'm thinking um, to Newcastle but they've got Ishmael Assar and a few others in there that can you know, bang in the goals. I mean, Watford, they've made a fairly positive start to the season. I think they're, they're sitting in the second at the moment, I believe. I mean, yeah, it's, it's up, definitely up there. It's Sheffield United and then... So I'm, I'm going to put them Watford to win. Yeah. I think they've got the, the quality and Premier League quality in their squad. Definitely, yeah. Up. Um, and I'll probably put Sheffield United second. You know, I don't think they'll be far behind Watford. Um, no. There's quality in that squad as well. And, and then... 
through the playoffs. We know in the playoffs that it's all to play for. You cannot rule anybody out Nottingham Forest last season. No. Where, you know, they really kicked on in the right at the end of the season to secure that promotion. So, and rightly so. And, 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 yeah, rightly so. So it could literally be anybody who finished on. But I'm going to go with a little bit different. And some people might not like it, but I think it would be absolutely hilarious. Not hilarious, but just... It'd be something when it's seen in the Premier Luton. 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 And I mean, they're just... They're a team that... You love... You you, you hate to love. For me, anyway. Yeah. You, you, just something about them. The stadium, the, 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 the fan base, the players. I mean, they're just so good at being able to defend and then hit teams uh, when they're least expected. I mean, who's it they played? Big team players. Was it Chelsea they played last season? Was it in the... Causing trouble. In yeah. the FA Cup. Big, big trouble, didn't they? And, yeah. And that's, I think... If they can do that in the Championship this season, they might have a shout in the, the playoffs. Um, so for me, a little left field, but wouldn't it be amazing to see Luton in, in the Premier League? Yeah. It'd be, a, it'd be a good story as well. Yeah, it, it would be. It'd be a good story to watch. But I wouldn't say no to a Bristol City promotion. No. <laughs> no, I don't think, especially around here as well, there's a lot of Bristol City fans come from yeah. around here. Although maybe the Rovers fans would be. In opposition. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and then we've got the European leagues, haven't we? So yeah. we talked about the four teams that we think most, or five teams most likely to get Champions League football. Um, who do you reckon is going to, in the Champions League final, the pinnacle of European football, who's the two Ooh. sides in there? I mean, you've got some big, big shouts from Europe as well. I mean, PSG, what a start they've had this year. Yeah, but then it's the French League, so can you... French League, yeah, I know, it's not the best in terms of quality, yeah. you know, but the, the field that PSG have, though... It is scary. It, it is, is scary. scary. And then, you know, you can't miss out, you know, you've got Barcelona as well, just signed Lewandowski. But, you know, the team, team champions league themselves, Real Madrid. Yeah, Real Madrid, <laughs> you've got, you know... Um, I mean, you've got City, they Portland. want... They want see, that. I think we could see. I'd like to see we have an English team in the final. Yeah, an English team. Well, it'll, it'll be, it won't be an English English. No, Again, I don't think that was that was that was a good year for football for us. But um, it'll be an English team and a European team. I don't know. I'd like to say. Again, it's a very it's a bold shout early on. Yeah, but I reckon you could be looking at a City. City Real Madrid final. Yeah, I, I wouldn't write it off. Um, I think for me, I don't think there's any left field chances for this. I, I think, I, I think it will be a Madrid PSG final. Madrid PSG. I, mean, I think Benzema versus Messi and Mbappe and, and, and Neymar up there. Can can PSG get their their final win? I, I, don't, I don't know, but that's my next question. Who wins? Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League. Three European leagues again this season. Ooh. Who wins them? Ooh, so we've said Champions League. Um, I don't know. I'm going to probably go Real Madrid. Yep. Europa League, Europa League. It's like Remember League, isn't there? Well, yeah, I know. There's, there's so many bloody leagues now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you wait for all your stuff out. Yeah. <laughs> I remember them all. I think what teams are there at the moment who, who qualified for Europa last season 
Well, yeah, this it's gonna be awesome, isn't it? Arsenal yeah, going to be Arsenal. in there. Arsenal's got a fair shout, then. I, I think Especially so the form well. that they're in at the moment as well. I mean, I'm an Arsenal fan, so I'm definitely biased. But I think we do have a squad that is good enough to be in the Champions League uh, now, after we've made our additions. So I think we will be the, one of the most potent sides in yeah, the competition. definitely. And they would be my, my shout to win it. Champions League, I'd probably, I'd probably go... I said PSG Madrid again. I'd say Madrid. Round off uh, for Angelotti's round off, round off his career. I think Madrid. Yeah, and then conference league. Conference is league. So difficult. It's, it's difficult, and what a Mickey Mouse competition. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I mean, like, what what is the need? You've had you have the Champions League, which is the best of the best teams in all the leagues in the top flight yeah. come together, and then you got the Europa League, which notes bit below it's always been there as competition but what what's the need of the conference league I don't I don't see why other than to generate more money mm. why Europa need to have another competition it takes the meaning away from Europa League and the Champions League yeah. I mean the Champions League is you are the, the best of the best teams in Europe and then the conference league it just you know teams can't field especially the top the teams higher up they can't field that many players you need such a massive squad you know last season remember when Liverpool were playing like three games a week yeah. and not you only know. that you've got your, your, your European teams you know you're, oh who was it Tottenham ended up playing Mura and I mean Mura did a great job don't get me wrong yeah. but you know these are teams that haven't, aren't playing haven't been playing regular European football and now suddenly they've got to make round trips to to England and, and they've they got to fly across Europe they don't have the financial backing for that exactly so you know I think it, it's, it's greed from UEFA personally I think we've gone slightly down a different no we've gone down a different path but that's just my opinion on, on that competition I I, I I couldn't put a prediction on it because it's, it's I, I personally don't agree with the creation of it no I think but, if I was going to say someone and I don't think they don't think they're in the I want to say maybe one of the Scottish sides. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, I think I've got a feeling Rangers that, have had a positive start. I've got a feeling that because Celtic finished above Rangers last season, yeah, Celtic are in the Champions League, which I think means that Rangers go into the Europa League. I think again, I might be wrong, but I think whoever is in the Europa League will drop down and win the. So that's my thinking but I'd like to see a Scottish team obviously Rangers made the was it the final last season yeah they yeah. did yeah. against Villarreal was it no it was um, it was Frankfurt Frankfurt yeah and they lost out on penalties I think both those sides have the quality to win something and oh yeah definitely I'd hope it'd be the conference league just so it means something at least yeah. <laughs> but again it's very hard to predict isn't it until, until we know the, the group stages or who's got who um, but yeah, there you go. there's my, my left two interesting shouts. Well, Conference League, one of the Scottish teams, um, Europa League, Arsenal, and uh, Champions League, Real Madrid. Cool. That's how I'm going to go for. Um, and I can't remember. The, oh, I did. I was going to ask you about Premier League top scorer. Who gets the Golden Boot this season? The Golden Boot this season. Right, that, that's an interesting question. Um, I think. Jesus is going to be up there. Yeah. 
he's going to be causing some problems with teams. That's music to my ears. <laughs> Harland. Oh, I mean, he's dangerous to me. I mean, it'll take a, it'll take a few, a couple, a couple of months to settle into the Premier League, but once he's there, you can't stop him. Yeah, once he's found his feet, literally, and got his form in, he'll be a dangerous player. So I reckon it could be between Jesus and Harland. Jesus and Harland. I probably go would go with Harland. I think just because when De Bruyne, when 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 Harland finds his feet with De Bruyne behind him, you're just not going to stop it. No. I think it's going to be horrible. Uh, not horrible to watch, but horrible to play against anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, not a few Man City. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, true. And I'm gonna I'm gonna add one more into the predictions. Uh, one that was not on our list, but I think it's going to be interesting. Who wins the Ballon d'Or? Ooh. So between you know obviously the end of last season and start of this season, who gets the award? I mean the obvious contenders you're gonna have obviously in and out, Ronaldo, Messi, and then you've got Mbappe, or Neymar, you've got Haaland again, you've got Lewandowski, you know, you've got some big players there. I think it's Something like the Ballon d'Or, I think that's too early on in the season to want to predict. If I was was going to say anyone, based on their performance last season and then still being in European football, I think that Noski could be a good show. Yeah. I think for me it's between two guys. I mean, it's Lewandowski, isn't it? And it's um, Karim Benzema. I think Karim Benzema, he won the Champions League. He won... The Liga, La Liga. Uh, I don't know. If, I can't remember if he won any of the domestic cups, but yeah, he, he got he got the big double, the two that he wanted, and he finished top. I think he, he set a new record for goals in a Champions League season. For me, you can't touch it, can you? It's no. just that that is prime centre forward um, stats, really. So for me, I think it'd be a bit of a robbery if anybody else gets the award. But I can see, you know, Lewandowski is very good. Um, gets goals. Be interesting to see him at Barca this season. Definitely. I mean, he scored. He got braced the other night. I mean, yeah. Just dangerous. Isn't it? Yeah, dangerous. You put the ball in the box and he'll be there. <laughs> Eleven goals. <laughs> and we'll finish off our predictions, I think, there. And we'll move into um, a, a, a little talk about football. Yeah. Uh, before we get onto the... the Nitty gritty questions. We'll start off with our with our, our slightly interesting um, viewpoints, should I say? So I think it's on my head. Well, well, let's go with in their prime. Because obviously, right yeah. now, the question is very different. But in mm. their prime, Messi, Ronaldo, who do you take? Mm. See, my dad were talking about this yesterday, and the difference is. Ronaldo has played in several different leagues, but Messi is being, you know, singled out very, very, you know, in one league mm. for pretty much most of his career. Now he's in, you know, Liga It's a bit of a Mickey Mouse French Farmers League, isn't it? It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's not the most in terms of competitiveness, but you know, PSG is still a very good team. You can't, can't take it away from them. But today, I think. Overall, the best player for me is Messi, but in their prime, Ronaldo. Okay, 
because Ronaldo has proved that he can play in several different leagues at the highest level and be you know he started off in the Premier League moved over to Real Madrid then went to Juventus then back to Man United you know he's proved that he can play in several different leagues mm-hmm. at a good standard of football but overall best player throughout their whole career I'd say Messi but then in their prime Ronaldo I, I'd have to say I mean for me personally it's always going to be Messi I mean there's no one I enjoy more watching on the ball uh, his, his skill is just immeasurable his dribbling is just I mean it's that it's that Messi magic oh it's just watching it say. it's just a joy and I mean I could you could sit here and make excuses for both of them they're both incredible players um, but for me personally I'm just gonna, I'm going to love Messi forever when, you know, when he retires it's going to be the, I think for me one of the worst days in in, in football history so I mean Messi Messi's still proving he's, he's got it and then I think Ronaldo is, is I think it goes on with an ego thing as well I think Ronaldo knows that he's good yeah. but Messi's much more humble yes yeah that's true that's true um, but there yeah and, and the thing this question next question sort of fits into that but doesn't anymore so Who's the best player in the world right now? And I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because you know, are they the best players anymore? Is I there mean, a new breed in here? There is definitely a new breed of player, hundred um, percent, coming through. I mean, I mean, I've said for years now, best player in the Premier League is the boy. Yeah, he's he's leagues above. You look at him play, I've, I've had the pleasure of seeing him play live a few times, and sometimes I won't watch the game, I'll just watch him. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm not even a City fan, but I'll just sit and watch him. He doesn't have to have the ball at his feet to create other chances. You know, he can draw players out, he can manipulate the game without even having the ball. If you can do that, and then still score goals and create chances and be a playmaker, yeah. that sets you way above any other player, in my opinion. And that's, you know... People say he's not an overrated. He's an overrated player, whatever. Nah, I think for what he's not underrated, yeah. but for what he does, he's underappreciated. Yeah. You know, but then again, other players, you know, Benzema. He's my. He's always gonna be my shout. I just he's 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 a, he's a shout. Um, Lewandowski, as well. He's he's in his goal scoring prime at the moment. <laughs> yes, but I don't know. I think. If I was to go with some for what I've said, the, the Bruyne is probably my, one of my shouts because you know what he does at City. You know, it's, he, he, he does a great job up there. Yeah, so he is a joke sometimes. The balls he sees are just incredible. I mean, his his ability to long pass is phenomenal. Some of the passes he can pick out, you think. Have you seen that? I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm spamming down control on FIFA trying yeah. to get that long ball down the pitch. You know, he just touches it like you know, and it goes miles and just picks up a pin, pin perfect pass. I'm like, what you know, what a player. So I, I think personally, it's Kevin Bryan. But... Uh, that's a fair, fair shout, definitely. Um, and, and then moving on from from what is, yeah, a, a good question. Um, Let me have a think. My head's gone blank again. <laughs> <laughs> um, your here we go. Your five-a-side team. 
Uh, and you told me you've already done some thinking about this. Yeah. So we've had some interesting ones, you know, people citing players that they've played with, people citing players that they, you know, they knew, people citing players that, they, you know, they've watched back in the day. Where did your five decide to come from? Okay, so solid, we got a solid back, obviously. Yeah. Keeper. Neuer. Oh, the German wall. It's the German wall. In defence. Think I was thinking about this, like you know, so we have to go through like a solid sort of set out team. I'm just thinking five players in sort of all positions. Yeah. We have an oldie but a goldie, Bobby Moore. Ah, oh, yeah. I can see that. Yep. World Cup winning centre back. Exactly. It's got to be done. Um, <laughs> in the middle, Iniesta. Oh. Playing next to him, Perlo. Stop it. <laughs> and then up front, I was very, very tall there. I wanted to say Messi, but being a Southampton fan, Matt Letizia. <laughs> but then again, his goal scoring ability. It is very good. It is, it very, is very good. good. Set piece. You know, with, with Iniesta and Perlo behind him, I mean, the ball's coming in, they're going to be brilliant, aren't they? So exactly. That's a, that's a heck of a five, five aside. I'll put it that way. Um, and. and thinking about that now that midfield duo stop it um, but we're going to move on now to some serious questions about football before yeah. we, we round off this podcast um, but I'm going to start off with the question for you right now what's the biggest issue in football at all levels at all levels money 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 at the end of the day you know teams need money to function but it's where the money goes that's the problem. Yeah, I feel, um, and it's a lot of greed as well comes into that, especially with you know. At the end of the day, football's a business. Yeah, yeah. You know these big teams are not a team; they're registered. They're registered as a company. Mm. You know, and it's and that's the problem. Teams go into financial struggles because they can't run the. The team as a business, they try to run it like a club, and that's where some teams go down when they don't have the whole infrastructure to keep it going. Um, it's just things like that, and now, and where sponsorship comes in as well. I'm obviously it's a little bit hypocritical for me being the Southampton fan, and that's what our sponsorship is. But I have fully against betting company sponsorships, yeah. I, I, it's you know. Betting in football, it's going to be there. Football's a sport. Gambling's going to happen. But, you know, you've got all these gambler-aware advertisements and stuff mm. everywhere. Why put it on a football shirt? Exactly. Yeah. If, if you're trying to get people to, you know, be more responsible than betting, then why slap it on the front of a player's chest? Yeah. You know, and especially where... And then they have the open eye, but we don't put it on children's shirts. But a child's still going to turn up and watch their Premier League team play, exactly. so they're going to be exposed to it. And if I, I don't agree with it personally, and that's one side of the money aspect. And then in terms of like the TV licensing and stuff, Sky is an absolute joke. Oh, it's awful, isn't it? Yeah. It's an absolute joke. Even to the point where on a Saturday three o'clock game, Roland can't record the games and play them live on YouTube because it clashes with the. Um, just right, the, the no, nobody, nobody's, nobody's going to be, yeah, nobody's going to be watching 
grounds, isn't it? Yeah, it's just you know, no, you know, if Man United are playing Liverpool on a you know five thirty kickoff, and that was a late kickoff, but if you if you've got a big game on a three o'clock kickoff, people are going to be down the pub watching that, and only the people that want to watch Warmer are going to be there. So I don't see why it makes any difference. It's just absolute greed, and you know, and then. Southampton's had their fair share of financial issues as well um, but then all the money gets focused to the big six I mean you know a hundred million pounds if you're on that's still quite a lot of money but we've bought out for a hundred million pounds Man United have the audacity to complain about money and stuff sometimes when their team is worth billions yeah. as an actual team they'll, they'll be sold for over three billion pounds as a business mm-hmm. as a, you know um, but then coming on lower you've got Wormsley Town you know and not just Wormsley Town non-league teams as well teams need money to be able to, to run exactly. it's not just on the pitch you know things are the lighting in the clubhouse it's paying bar staff it's making programmes it's groundswork you know things that keep the club running people to clean the changing rooms you know people to come and fix the boiler if the boiler breaks so the players can have a hot shower you know, teams and clubs need that money to keep the, the clubs running at a good level. You know, and obviously the higher up the league system you are, the more money you're going to have and the better facilities that you're going to have. But, you know, teams need the money to be able to afford to keep running. It's just, you know, and where things lie at the moment, like the league we're in, we're quite lucky, but we don't have to do an enormous amount of far travelling. Yeah. But, if we moved into the league above into the Western Premier, we'd have to go down to Cornwall like four times a year. You know, that's a lot of travelling, especially if it fell on the midweek. Could you imagine travelling down from Warmerston to Helsing on a Tuesday night in November or something? That's it'd be awful. Not only one for the, you know, then you've got to pay a coach to go down, where people have to travel. That's a lot of money for fuel coming down, and you've got to come back as well. And if the league felt that you had to go down there on consecutive weekends, that's a lot of travelling in a short space of time and people not, might not be able to afford that amount of travelling. Not only that, if you could go the other league as well, then you've got the Isle of Wight to worry about. You know? Yeah, well, we've got that coming up <laughs> on the weekend there. Yeah. Exactly, so you've got the, the Isle of Wight to worry about. You know, That's going across the ferry, that's paying the coach, that's paying ferry fares. You know, Some teams can't physically afford that. And I think making football accessible at all levels is the is the main thing. And then it even comes down to things like ticket prices for a Premier League match. You know, I mean, for me to go, if I want to go, what say Southampton versus Man United at home, that's fifty quid, forty-five, fifty pound, easy. Which for some people just is unreasonable it to is. go and watch. And then you can come up here. For 90% cheaper and still watch a decent game of football. Yeah, which exactly. is why I feel non league is so important for communities and people that just love football in general. You don't necessarily got to be a fan of the clubs you're going to see, but if you love football, you'll go and pay cheaper to go and watch a good standard of a game. But you are financing a club that needs, needs it. You know, exactly. it's not, it's not, if you pay your man's, you know, your 50 quid to Man City, you're going to sit, sit in their stadium. 50 quid's going to mean very little. But you come here and you spend exactly. 5 quid, it's going to mean the world. You put £5 in there on the gate, you can 
put 15, 20 quid behind the bar, 10 pound to jerk up, you put in, say, 30, 40 pound into the club, and that will go into the club. Exactly. Whereas if you're going to the big Premier League games, most of that money is going to TV licensing. Uh, I mean, it's a very good issue. Well, not a very good issue, but a very good point on a yeah. very big issue. And, and thank you for that. But we're, we're, I'm going to segue into some, something else I think you mentioned already. But what is, why is non-league so important? Non-league is important as far as it's, it's grassroots football. Yeah. It's accessible to anyone that wants to play. You know, most teams have a, that can run them have a development side as well. So, obviously, we for our first team had a fairly decent standard for the size of the club. Yeah. And then we've got the reserve team as well. Anyone in the community that wants to play football can turn up and say, I'm interested in playing football for your team. And they can. And it's a breakaway into playing football. Mm-hmm. You know, and at non-league as well, whatever level of the pyramid you are, you're still contributing all the way up to the Premier League. Without this, you know, system behind, you know, there's there's no infrastructure to the whole depth of football in this country. Exactly. You know, not only that, you can have hidden gems of talent. Jamie Vardy didn't play professional football until he's 25. Well, was playing non-league football until he's 25, going on to win the Premier League. You know, that's a that's a key example. Um, and not only that, non-league football, it's it brings communities together. It's a central point for communities. Yeah. yeah. You know, football being such a, a prominent sport in this country, um, not everyone can necessarily afford to go to see professional football. Five pound entry for a good night of football, a good afternoon of football. You know, people will come to play and see it, and they do. They do. We get crowds of up to you know 150 week in week out for a standard of football we play is decent. Very good. Very and then, good. Currently, that you got Melksham. They're only a few leagues above us, but they get you know upwards of two hundred and fifty a week. Come to see them, so you know. And there's local teams around us that are in, you know, can play in the Southern League. You know, and you've got players within our squad that can go and play in there. And it's a good stepping stone for players as well, not league mm. that weren't necessarily good when they were good enough to get picked up when they were like six, seven to go play for an academy, but. They can break through, say, into the Southern League, you know. They can go and play for, like, Bath or Salisbury or Melksham, something like that. So, a bigger team with more infrastructure and whatnot. But, no, I mean, so looking out onto the pitch now, it's just, you look at it and it's like, for it's us, it's, like special, it? it's, it's, it's football for us at home. It's, it's a bit of, you know, football at home. Exactly, yeah. And that's, that's what's important about non-league people that say, aren't into football won't like, fully get it but people that you know live and breathe football and love it if you've got a club in your own town that's you know you can con- con- yeah, that you can contribute to it's, it's a bit of football that you feel is yours and belongs to you exactly yeah. uh, and I think we, we covered so uh, a lot today <laughs> yeah <laughs> we covered some some big big issues and and, and, and around football and, and what's important about the game that we love so much and exactly yeah you know we'll continue to support Wolves of Town and, and, and we'll continue to, to, to do that but if you had the chance at home if you're listening to this and you've never done it before go to your non-league club 
you know, start a start something, start a relationship that you will probably never regret. Um, uh, and I think we can both say that that personally. I know you've been here a lot longer than I have, but you know, I only walked through the doors of Wilson Town a few years ago, and, and, and I've stayed ever since because I love what the club is about, and I love the community feel. Yeah. Um, and how amazing is that? And without further ado, I'd like to say thank you, Matthew. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Me, thanks very much. Yeah, for coming on. You know, for for blessing us with your 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 presence, your opinions, and uh, your stories as well. Um, and it's been great to chat to you to to get an inside view on what it is to to be a, a fan and you know in the game and of non-league and of Premier League clubs. And also, you know, your predictions, which will be wrong or right. Sadly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we'll see. Um, <laughs> Well, who knows? Maybe we'll revisit at the end of the season and have a laugh. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get, get all the boys have a review of our predictions. Yeah. <laughs> um, but without further ado, thank you, Matthew, for joining us. Um, and I've been Ben. This has been Matthew. Uh, this has been the Weymouth Street Massive, and this is the Back of the Net podcast. And if you haven't already, head over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, the Weymouth Street Massive. We're on TikTok now. Yes, we sold our soul. It's on there. <laughs> Go follow us on TikTok, Weymouth Street Massive. Uh, it's on Instagram as well, the Way Mystery Massive, um, and of course on Apple and Spotify. And we'll see you very, very soon. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ben. Bye.